You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? Bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy. We have a lot to discuss, but before we do, I want to remind you that our post-game show here at Blogging the Boys is presented to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, the jerky that helps fuel our Dallas Cowboys. That is correct. Righteous Felon Jerky and Biltong are available for Cowboys players at the Ford Center training facility. Each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, Biltong 32, and each meat stick has eight grams of protein if it's good enough for the cowboys it has got to be good enough for you too although i know that statement is hurting a lot of us at the moment righteous felon uses locally sourced all natural black angus beef and prides itself on superior quality revolutionary branding and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering if you go to righteousfelon.com you can use discount code btb btb15 at checkout to get 15 percent off of your order that is discount code btb15 for 15 percent off of your order all right we have a lot to get to just a lot opening statement and then your comments i don't even know if we're going to be able to kind of put together a stock report here because it was all so bad it would just be kind of bagging on everybody the dallas cowboys lost the dallas cowboys blew a 27 to 10 point lead if you follow me on instagram or tiktok uh, you saw that our graphic in, in, in incorrectly said 37 to 34 i think was um the mistake it's been a chaotic end obviously because this was we were all thinking one way right we're all kind of living and moving on up oh, here comes christmas eve yeah the eagles are probably going to hold on against the bears but you never know cowboys could get this win blah 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 and then dallas blows it and i don't want to hear i'm not here personally to um, say the Cowboys are terrible, say the Cowboys are one of the worst teams in the NFL, talk about how the Cowboys can't close, blah, blah, blah. That's not the conversation that I'm going to have. What I am going to say is that I do not want to hear about how Jacksonville is actually this good team, how Jacksonville is this team on the rise, how, how Jacksonville is, is maybe going to make the playoffs. I do not want to hear any of that because the Cowboys had an opportunity in this game. They had the opportunity. And look, you cannot win every single game in the NFL. You cannot blow every team out. That is evidenced by the fact that the Cowboys struggled with the Texans last week, that the Chiefs struggled with those Texans today they went to overtime they got their win in overtime that the Eagles struggled with the Bears it is a difficult proposition to win to blow teams out in the NFL so I think it's not necessarily having realistic expectations if you just expect the Cowboys to win a hundred and nothing every single week but what I do think is a fair expectation is to ask your team to not blow to not squander to not surrender a 27 to 10 lead you cannot do that even if it's the Jaguars if it's the Texans if it's the Bills if it's whoever if you have a 27 to 10 lead you have to win that game no matter who it is no matter what the circumstances are you have to win that game it was a catastrophic failure on behalf of the entire team there are many people uh, who are to blame who we are certainly going to blame in the hour that is going to come by the way if you're with us live thank you uh, for checking out the blog and the boys YouTube channel please consider subscribing please consider liking this video uh, if you're watching after the fact well sorry uh, you can also Listen, of course, on the Blog and the Boys podcast network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Leave a rating, write a review. Let's get to your comments. This is your show. I am merely your puppet. Uh, moving on. Carlos Martinez, thank you for the super chat. It says 
one-point lead, and we blow it. Play calling was terrible. D couldn't stop anything in the second half. We have no shot next week. Philly wasn't that great today, but still, good thing Argentina won the World Cup. Yes, Argentina did win the World Cup. Congratulations to all Messi fans. Uh, logical fan, thank you for the Super Chats. As Cowboys fans are way too fickle. This is the NFL. I agree with this. I agree. However, you cannot blow a 17-point lead. It is one thing to lose to the Jaguars. It is a different thing entirely to blow a 17-point lead. I don't know if Kenneth Cook is being serious, saying RJ is a Cooper Rush time. Please, nobody do this. No, we don't have to do this. We can be, and again, I don't know if you're serious or sarcastic here, Kenneth, uh, but we do not have to, to leap this far. We can be frustrated and mad that the Cowboys lost without going all the way off the deep end like this. Dak Prescott, prior to the second half, which I recognize was obviously important, was masterful in this game. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Define that how you want. He's number seven. He's number nine, whatever. He is one of the top ten people on this earth who does what he does for a living. So please do not say things like this in a serious manner. Um, I do want to get to this point, and I think we kind of have to start here. D-Day 2 says in the chat, uh, the sad thing is the next week is now basically meaningless as far as the division. I agree with this. So in case you're curious, the Philadelphia Eagles did win on Sunday in Chicago, although it was a bit of a scare, uh, but they won. You got to give them credit for that, right? That's what great teams do. They hold on. They win. They, they win in the end or whatever, however you want to put it. Because of the fact that the Eagles won and the Cowboys lost, the Cowboys have been keeping pace this entire time. They haven't gotten that extra Philly loss that we've been needing and talking about forever and ever and ever and ever. To be clear, to be fair. It is still possible in a literal sense. I mean, that's what we're here to talk about, right? I, I know that this will cause eye rolls. This will cause blah, blah, blah. I'm not here to tell you this is likely. But if you are asking about the real, tangible, actual, literal options for the Cowboys, they still could win the NFC East. What would it take? The Eagles would have to lose all three of their remaining games. Obviously, the first of which is on Saturday, Christmas Eve, against the Cowboys. They would have to lose to the Cowboys and then lose at home to both the New Orleans Saints and the New York Giants. The Cowboys are effectively uh, entrenched as a wildcard team, most likely as the five seed in the NFC, although that is not necessarily a guarantee. The Cowboys had an opportunity, by the way, today against the Jaguars to clinch a playoff berth. They did not. Now, the Cowboys still could end this day as a playoff team. Again, if you just want to hear all of the options, I understand we're all pissed off here, but because the Seahawks lost on Thursday night, the Cowboys had two other opportunities to clinch a playoff berth today. The first one evaporated into thin air when the Detroit Lions beat the New York Jets. But if the New York Giants win tonight, if the New York Giants win, and more specifically, if the Washington Commanders lose, Dallas is in with three games left on the regular season docket. Um, let's move on. Uh, Aaron says, my confidence in the playoffs has definitely fallen. It's hard to disagree with that. It's hard to not be upset or bummed or, or sad or, or whatever uh, by the way the Cowboys played this game. We can sit here and we can fairly and objectively say, man, the Cowboys played so well in that first half. They were dominating. You know, they had that first punt and then it was score, 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 score. And then, you know, hey, they punted their first possession to start the second half. But then, you know, they got on fire again and then they just fell apart. That, that fire in the second half was so quick. Patrick Rooney, thank you for the super chat, says defense gives up 40 wide receivers can't catch. Kellen Moore doesn't have a screen drawn up in the playbook, but the media will blame it on deck. I want to come back to Kellen Moore, Patrick Rooney. Thank you for the super chat. Paul with another one. Thank you, Paul. Says this defense has been awful, awful in all caps for the podcast audience for three weeks, minus one quarter against the Colts. Let's be real. 
this is a problem. I think this is a very fair point. The Cowboys defense has not been uh, the group that they were, obviously, for the first, call it, 10 weeks of the regular season. Uh, we talked about as the regular season began, and this isn't to say we were right, they were right, he was right, she was right, but we talked about how regression was going to come, right? Regression was going to come for the Cowboys defense, and it has in some way, shape, or form. They're still getting some weird turnovers, and obviously you have that fourth quarter against the Colts that really blew things up. And to be fair to the Cowboys defense, they did force a turnover at the very end of this game. In regulation, it did not have to go to overtime, and this kind of leads me to my first point. Uh, Baylor Kim says Kellen is so bad, and I have a feeling that everybody's going to lean on this idea in a moment, and I'm not trying to defend Kellen more. I want to be very clear. My question to you, as I set my point up, how did you feel about the third down play call uh, with the Cowboys up by three in regulation? They'd run the ball on first and second down. They'd cause Jacksonville to burn their first two timeouts. Jacksonville has one timeout remaining. The Cowboys go for the win on third down. They go to the air. Dak Prescott heaves it 30 yards to Noah Brown. It's an incomplete pass, but more importantly, it stops the clock. Jacksonville gets it back. We obviously know what happened. Now, all of you in the comment section are saying bad, horrible, terrible. I and I'm not saying anybody here is doing this, um, but I don't want to live just based off of the process. I love the idea of going for it. I love going. I love being that team. I love going for it, being aggressive, trusting your offense. I love that disposition in general. Now, this sounds like I'm riding the fence or couching my opinion or something like that, but you you cannot do that. Right? <laughs> if you're going to go for it, then go for it. But, you know, let's be smart about it. And I kind of, you know, I don't want to pick at these wounds, especially while we're all hurting. It's kind of like the, the Des Cotta play. If you're going to go for it, I mean, let's try a high percentage thing here. You know, let's not, you know, just throw this ball deep downfield. And Noah Brown had an amazing game. I think if, if we're going to look past the loss ugliness of it, I think you could give a stock up to Noah Brown. But no offense to him, I'm not chucking this ball all the way downfield to Noah Brown of all people. I mean, this has got to be C.D. Lamb. This has got to be your high percentage, absolute must-have thing. You cannot just throw up a prayer um, on that particular thing. So I'm I'm totally fine going for it. I understand people's line of thought and saying, no, you got to run the ball. you got to make them burn that timeout. That timeout came back to hurt the Cowboys, obviously, as we saw in the challenge or the review, excuse me, and Jacksonville having it, being able to tie the game up with that last field goal. Uh, man, just a tough thing, though. You cannot do that. I love the call I love because I think you have to be that team. I think you have to believe in yourself. You have to say, we control our destiny here. Let's go for the win. I'm with you all the way, Kellen. I'm, I'm with the decision to go to the air, to, to be high-powered, you know, let it all hang out, but you cannot do that. You cannot do it. Uh, here we go. Uh, Raul says, going for it is fine, but throw someone open. I agree with it. Sean BS says, yes, go for it, but it needs better play calling. Uh, Patrick, this was kind of my point in referencing the Dez uh, caught it moment. Yes, you don't need 40 yards. You need five. That's exactly how I feel. I'm, go for it, but you do not. You, you, know, you don't have to score. <laughs> you just need a first down. Um, it's a tough, tough, tough situation. I We passed a super chat. I don't want to miss it. Uh, it's obviously a hectic moment around here right now, as evidenced by the fact that I got the score wrong in our score graphic. By the way, I'm making sure I don't miss anything here. Um, as far as post game comments or anything like that, uh, Ecuador man, uh, AOG says, where are the AB haters now? Thank you for the super chat. I mean, we're obviously going to hand out, you know, even if it's in a, just a talking sense, some stock downs, Kelvin Joseph, dude, I mean, what are you doing? Like, I, I just, you, what? Like, I mean, I, look, I, I, this is uncomfortable, right? No, nobody enjoys, you know, coming here and saying this person is bad at their job. Kelvin Joseph is the worst player on the Dallas Cowboys not named Josh Ball. The only person who is worse at their job on this Dallas Cowboys roster than Kelvin Joseph is Josh Ball. That's it. 
That is it all the way through. Brian, thank you for the super chats. It's Kellen Moore calls bad plays, forces Dak to take risks that are unnecessary. Mike McCarthy needs to take over play calling. Get an offensive coordinator that will play to the teams and Dak's strengths. So many blown opportunities. I mean, yeah, I um, I think that's fair. I mean, I, I, I would love to see Mike McCarthy take over play calling. And to be fair, I thought Kellen called a very good game early on. I think the Cowboys just... I, I think they bought in. I think they smelled themselves. I think they took the cheese. I mean, like, call it what you want. I think they had that 27 to 10 lead. And I can tell you because I myself was looking forward and I'm not on the team, right? That's a silly way to put it. But I'm, and that's how, you know, I, I mentioned this as a joke. But um, like I said, if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok, you'll see that I did in my post game video, I, I, I had the score wrong on our graphic because I was so caught up in this because I had to adjust so much, right? We had, we had one foot in, right? And I, you know, I was already looking, okay, here, you know, Eagles aren't going to lose, but the Cowboys have probably you know looking forward i think the cowboys did that i think they took their foot off the gas and i think jacksonville is a talented team that's not to at all exonerate the cowboys blowing this game here but i think jacksonville was talented enough to take advantage of dallas falling asleep at the wheel gabino says what happened to using turpin i have a, a, a take on on Cavante turpin and you can call it convenient because of the fact um that the cowboys are obviously um coming off of a loss I'm kind of done with this, right? Like I'm, I'm kind of done. Like you know, and I maintain that Cavante has has been a welcome addition on special teams. He certainly helped the Cowboys in very measurable, legitimate senses uh, as far as field position. But he's also really hurt them. We talked about obviously the fumble last week. Cavante, you do not have to to try to score every single. It, it just seems like Cavante is trying to house them every single time, dude. I mean, thirty yards. Actually, 26 yards. That's all we need. 26 yards. That's the bare minimum. 26 yards. You're doing your job. You do not have to, you know, swing for the fences every single time here. I mean, I haven't obviously um, at this point in time gone back and, and looked at things, but I, I feel like the Cowboys started behind the 25-yard line several times. Now, Jacksonville left some kickoff shy, kind of forced him to return them. But again, there's no need to just, I mean, be so forceful with things. Um, it really, really, really um, is, is a frustrating thing. Let's see. Let's get to some of your comments. Jay Palmer says, I'm a Cowboys fan, but the Eagles are a damn good team that actually plays defense right now. It's difficult um, to take the Cowboys against the Eagles. And here's the thing. As I take a long, dramatic sip from my coffee, um, the Eagles are now obviously very likely going to be division champions. The Eagles, because they have the tiebreaker over the Minnesota Vikings, the Cowboys have now fallen you know, past the Vikings or behind the Vikings, if you want to call it that, uh, what with the fact that Minnesota won yesterday. But, I mean, the Eagles are very likely at this point going to be the number one overall seed. In fact, thinking, I think they need two more wins um, to lock that up or, or a combination of a win and a Vikings loss. And the Vikings certainly uh, looked vulnerable on Saturday. Um, I mean, it, it obviously, um, we are excited in one sense about and I feel this this is a really hard kind of you know it's hard to put this to paint this picture this Cowboys Eagles game is going to be amazing uh thank you uh Dominic says they need one win talking about the Eagles and the number one seed in the NFC because they do happen to obviously have the tiebreaker over the Vikings um this Cowboys Eagles game on Saturday has lost a lot of juice and that's a shame. Like, I, I do think that we all like, and if, if you don't believe that, I know that there's going to be some people all week who say, oh, no, it's got a ton of juice. It's Cowboys Eagles. I want to win. I want to prove. I want to bounce back. I want to show blah, blah, blah. All that's true and fair. Uh, but this this has lost a lot of measurable juice, literal juice. As David says, the game is meaningless. It isn't quite meaningless. I mean, you know, it's it's like if you're being literal, it isn't 100% meaningless, but it's like 99% meaningless. I mean, it is, you know, it's difficult to go into this game and sell all the way out or to feel like you have to sell all the way out to win. 
Um, so beyond the fact that as, as the R notes here, it has zero juice. It is actually not really that important for either team. I mean, the, the Cowboys and, and the Eagles are both going to effectively be the one and five seed in the NFC playoff picture. Again, the Vikings can kind of mess that up a little bit along the way, but it's really unlikely that they do. And again, the Eagles happen to have the tiebreaker over the Vikings. I mean, now that I think about it out loud, yeah, the Vikings have three losses, thanks to the Cowboys, obviously, in part, and the Eagles only have one. So, yeah, one more game that goes the Eagles' way, whether it's a win against the Cowboys or uh, or anywhere else, or a loss by the Eagles, excuse me, the Vikings, locks up the one seed for the Philadelphia Eagles. So it really is just tough to, to put a lot of stock into it. And this is going to make for a long week. It's going to make for a long month. All right, we have three weeks left on the regular season before the Cowboys open up in the wild card round. And they will be a playoff team. It will happen. It may not happen today. It may not happen this week. The Cowboys are going to be a playoff team. They are very likely going to be the five seed in the wild card round. If you want some kind of silver lining, and I'm not saying this is a good mentality or a good perspective to have, but my job, my mission here is to explain everything that is available. If you are looking for a silver lining, it is that the Cowboys can now manufacture their own buy, right? The Cowboys can go into week 18 against Washington. That game is on the road. They can rest whoever they want to rest. They can say, we don't need to play Micah Parsons. We don't need to play CeeDee Lamb because we're locked into the five. They can manufacture their own buy. They generally have not done that. You think about the fact they, they played to win in week 18 last year. So we'll see even if they do that. But that opportunity should be available to them a few weeks from now. But back to this game, you just, you cannot lose. You cannot lose. You know, and here's the thing. I'll be honest. I got all this egg on my face. I'm bathing in the egg, baby. All right. I am bathing in the egg. I feel like, you know, in your high school chemistry class, when they teach you, um, like, if you get chemicals in your eye, you have to go to the, like, machine and, like, press all the stuff to, like, so that you can get rinsed off. I feel like that with egg because we were all, I, and I think I speak for a lot of you two, we were all sitting here saying, well, the Chiefs are, are playing the Texans tight. Nobody's going to talk about them, right? We were taking our victory laps. We were laughing. We were lauding this whole situation because the Cowboys had a safe 27 to 10 lead over the Jaguars. And we were going to sit here. We were going to talk all our crap tonight and Monday morning. And we were going to say, you know what? The Cowboys, they bounced back from their close game against the Texans. And they whooped up on the Jaguars. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs just struggled with the Texans. What are you going to say about the Chiefs? Let's hear about the Chiefs. And you know what the Chiefs did? They got the dub. What did the Cowboys do? They fell apart. I think this is a great comment uh, from Perry Peters. Uh, Perry said, this is the kind of game that makes me want to delete Facebook. That is a great way to put it. Um, man, Kenneth Cook says, RJ, the last three games, this is the one I penciled in as a W. I will say that I... Um, I became more worried about this game and less worried about the Titans game, maybe over the last two weeks. I think, you know, originally I was really kind of worried about that Titans game in two weeks right before New Year's Eve, kind of serving as a weird one. And this Jacksonville game, I wasn't concerned about at all. But as I mentioned, over the last couple of weeks, those have kind of flip-flopped. And today, actually, right before we started this show, I don't know if any of you saw, there aren't a lot of games on in the afternoon window, but I believe somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but I believe Ryan Tannehill was carted off for the Tennessee Titans. That is a huge bummer. I'm a big Ryan Tannehill fan. I was at Texas A&M when Ryan Tannehill was a wide receiver, uh, so a very, very long time ago. Uh, but um, it looks like the Cowboys could draw Malik Willis on that Thursday night game, so maybe we're not as concerned about that. But um, I agree with Bree Bree Nick. You just never know which Cowboys team you're going to get. And I thought that this statement was um, – no offense to you, Bree Nick. I've, I've thought that this statement was a little bit dramatic at times. And, and I think the first half of this game was going to serve as some justification for that idea, right? The first half of this game, we were all thinking, you know what? 
they did it. They, they, they had their hiccup last week and they came out and they responded. You know, before this game, I quote tweeted uh, one of our podcasters at Blog on the Boys, Connor Livesey. Connor had said, you know what? I, I think the Cowboys are going to come out. They're going to route the Jaguars. And I thought they would. They've generally responded in that way, in general and within the Mike McCarthy era. You know, they get embarrassed. They rub some monkey butt or whatever, smash some watermelons, and they show up and they destroy an inferior opponent. And it looked like they were on their way to doing that. So to blow that, to, to fall apart, to collapse is, is certainly troubling. And I, I think we're we're at a point now where these questions are fair. And that's the frustrating part. We're at a point where all the little annoying things that your your hater friends, your your cousins or your sisters or brothers or in-laws or whatever, those little jabs that the people who hate the Cowboys that they've taken at you, those things have merit. Those things are fair. It is fair to say, yeah, this, this Cowboys team is going to fall apart. They're going to find a way. They shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't be considered Super Bowl contenders. They shouldn't be considered favorites for this or that or whatever. They're going to lose to Tom Brady, right? Like all those things are really frustrating and annoying and we can dispel them with a lot of, you know, data and evidence and fact, but the Cowboys will then turn around and do something like this to breathe life into those stupid narratives. And so it's a really, really frustrating thing. I want to bring this comment up from Justified who says the defense is nothing without Leighton Vanderush. I have not seen um, anything about this in the aftermath of the game. For what it's worth, Dak Prescott, by the way, just said, I take every loss on the chin. Okay, that's fine. Anyway, um, <laughs> but Leighton Vanderesh uh, was lost early on in this game, and that was obviously something that really changed this defense. You know, I don't think any of us um, have properly valued what Leighton means or has meant to this Cowboys defense. I, you know, I would say that the two biggest stock downs for me um, that, that didn't have to do with the second half collapse. Because I think in the second half, you could obviously uh, talk about, you know, Dak's interception, although the one at the end is hard to put on him. Uh, you could talk about Kellen Moore. You could talk about a variety of things. But I think the two stock downs that kind of existed and percolated throughout the entire game were Kelvin Joseph and Anthony Barr. It was very, very, very clear that the Jaguars were targeting Anthony Barr. I love Anthony Barr. He's awesome. I mean, he's he's been a really welcome addition, but he really hurt the Cowboys today. He was not Leighton Vanderish, and that really showed. Uh, missing Leighton was just a really, really big gap that the Cowboys couldn't make up. Um, it's it's a really tough scene. Um, let's see here. I do want to get to this point because I think it's it's fair. Let's see uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It's about Leighton. Um, let's see. Uh, by the way, Scott says my seven month old son just pooped through his Cowboys onesie. Seems about right. We have a one year old. Believe me, those are some messy times, but uh, good for you. Amit says, I hope I pronounce this correctly, Amit, says LVE will sit until the playoffs. That's where we're at. That's what's going to happen. And it's frustrating because we're not going to get, and I'm going to be honest with all of you, we're not going to get, a, a, we're, there's nothing that can happen over these next three weeks that is going to make us feel better. I can promise you that right now. We have to make our peace with that right now because of the fact that the Cowboys are kind of entrenched. They're not literally entrenched, but they are effectively entrenched. It is way more likely than not that the Cowboys are going to be the five seed in the NFC playoff picture. Because that is the case, I agree 100% with me. We're going to see the Cowboys put Leighton Vander Esch on ice for a little bit. We're going to see the Cowboys be smart about this situation or that situation. We're going to see them be smart about ramping up T.Y. Hilton. Maybe Zeke gets a, a game to kind of chill out. We are not going to see them at full strength, full operation until the wild card round of the playoffs because they have to play the long game. That's fair. That's fair of them, but it is it is not going to um, you know help us with our insecurity that we feel about this team right now. Tough situation. Um, tough moment. Let's see here. Let's keep moving on. Uh, Big Pun says, is it Dak or the team? It's definitely the team, but Dak is definitely a part of this uh, and part of what's going on. Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> Big Pun. I think Big Pun is a, a Eagles fan. I'm not certain joining us in the chat. Says, Micah is a system DB. Let's ask this question. But, oh, before we do, um, 
Mikey Montano says, I want off the Kellen Coaster. Mike, an offensive coordinator. Again, I don't have the biggest problem um, with um, with what Kellen Moore did today. Um, but obviously, the end is difficult to look past. I don't have the biggest problem. But if, if Mike McCarthy took over play calling tomorrow, I would not be sad about it. But I am not upset with Kellen Moore supremely by the way chris long nfl veteran super bowl champion on and on and on podcast host now uh just tweeted out search Dak's name and you can tell who's watching the game and who's not um i agree with that i mean again it's hard to blame Dak prescott for this game but the bad moments are the bad moments and so they're going to outweigh things if you are sick and tired and frustrated with people national people talking about Dak prescott buckle up baby like we're only getting started like it is going to be a Dak fest this week and so you just kind of have to let it you know bounce off your shoulders at this point in time brian thank you for the super chats his honest question when did a player being called down in bounds become a reviewable play i love this question obviously catch no catch is reviewable in terms of in and out of bounds but that wasn't what was reviewed i agree a hundred percent with this and now let me be very clear here the cowboys lost they deserve all criticism for losing this is in no way making an excuse I just cannot remember the last time that what happened happened. And to be clear, if you don't understand what Brian is mentioning, the Evan Ingram play uh, where he was originally ruled down in bounds and the Jaguars had to burn the timeout, the one the Cowboys could not uh, bleed out of them when they held the ball, their final possession in regulation. I have I cannot remember a time where I've seen this happen, where I've seen, again, what Brian's talking about. They were not reviewing whether or not Ingram caught the ball. They were literally reviewing whether or not he was in bounds and whether or not the clock should run. I've just, I've never seen that. I'm not doubting it. Kevin, thank you for the uh, context. Says, I looked up the rules. It is reviewable. It wouldn't have mattered if we had forced the Jags to use the timeout. I agree. Again, Cowboys lost, embarrassed them, dragged them, all four. I just cannot remember a time where I saw that in any NFL game, obviously, let alone um, a Cowboys game. But question I want to ask. Um, and this is not, um, we're not trying to be hot takey. We're not trying whatever. Um, I think we're just going to sit here and kind of talk this subject through the Cowboys defense has regressed is not the right word, but they have not been who we knew them to be for this entire season, really for the last month. I mean, when was the last time the Cowboys defense like dominated somebody? It was the Minnesota game, right? I mean, because even against the Giants, it was a little bit, a little bit touch and go, right? Against the Giants on Thanksgiving. The Colts game was a little bit touch and go, but then the defense showed up, and so we were totally cool with it. Last week against the Texans, a little bit touch and go, right? And obviously this week against uh the um the the, the Jaguars was touch and go up until the, the second half, and it was really bad. And so we asked this question a week ago. Matt says here the pass rush has been figured out. How are we feeling about Micah Parsons? And that, uh, that's not to say there's a bad way to feel about Micah Parsons. He had the sack early in this game. And I don't know if you're like me, whoever you are, but it kind of felt like, man, you know, okay, here, here, Micah's awake. Micah woke up. Here he comes. Micah's back. You know what I mean? It kind of felt like we were due for that sort of game. Um, he had the fumble recovery late in the game. It kind of felt like that's the exclamation point. All right, cool. Let's pack this up and go home, put the game on ice. Um, but it just like, they've been kind of quiet like it's just it's just been a quiet defense it's just been like a normal defense and that hasn't been the case for this whole season so um it's very very frustrating um we have um let's see i'm gonna put this person in timeout uh that is trying to spam us um shane davis says that micah is out of gas dominic says dude should sit a game or two um tim also says that micah's out of gas uh loco says i think micah's hurt but they are not saying it I'm fine putting it any one of these ways, um, but but it's there's a clear difference. Like wh whatever we want to call it, whatever we want to label it, there is a clear difference between what we were seeing in the first 
10 games of the season um, and what we're seeing over the last, you know, kind of four and change, right? You know, first maybe nine games of the season. I think that was the inflection point. Uh, maybe the sack of Kirk Cousins early on in Minnesota was kind of the last like domination that we saw from from Micah. And so that's not to say that Micah is not great or Micah's not awesome. He's the best player on this team. Everybody knows that we're not, you know, here to, to, to be silly or ridiculous. But that that is something that is a noticeable change um i think that we all definitely agree with that cruzito says the defense is not playing efficient matt says teams have more film on mike and are targeting him the difference before was that other plays were opened up and, op and uh open other players were opened up and making plays which isn't happening now um yeah um now zach says setting micah is asinine i get this but again we're reaching a point where the cowboys and i know this sounds stupid like i'm going to tell all of you right now at some point in the next three weeks, I will say the phrase meaningless game and it will get there's no meaningless games in the NFL. There's no there's no meaningless games in the NFL. There are meaningless games, right? As far as what they accomplish in terms of seeding or playoff formulas or whatever. That's all I'm saying. There are going to be some meaningless games for the Dallas Cowboys, effectively meaningless games as well. We just talked about how this Eagles game on Christmas Eve is kind of meaningless in some way, shape or form. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so what is the what is the what are the options here, right? Is, is option A, you know, play Micah at all costs, no matter what, for your own pride, or is option B, let Micah or whoever, Micah represents the point here. Let let you know X player rest for the purposes of getting right and getting healthy and getting ready to rock for the playoffs a month from now, right? Those are the things, those are the questions, those are the things you have to weigh. Um, and that's obviously what what you know, this this loss, again, if you I mean, if you are I don't even want to say glass half full, but if you are, if you're just in a good mood, that, that's, that's the good news is that we are now locked. We were kind of in this purgatory of sorts. It was an exciting purgatory, but Cowboys are basically locked. Uh, protect the sun one says you don't run the ball on first and second to take timeouts and then set up a long third and throw. You finish a strategy. If you're going for it, if you're going for it, do on three downs. Um, I, um, I kind of agree with that. Um, I think it, I think you should approach that that end of game situation one way um, to the to the point. I think you should say the objective here is to burn all three timeouts. We are comfortable running the ball for one yard three straight times and punting if we burn all three timeouts. That is the goal. I disagree with that, 
But if that's your goal, follow it, execute it. I agree with that line of thought. What I don't agree with, and we talked about this as a different example, the fourth down attempt um, in Green Bay in overtime, that seemed kind of prisoner of the moment. That seemed kind of emotional. That seemed kind of like reacting to the moment. We talked about then, if you're going to go for it on fourth down, you got to know that. you got to call third down that way, knowing you might go for it on fourth down. And so in that sense, if your objective is, I don't care about their timeouts, I'm here to end this thing on my terms, I have the ball, I agree with that. Call first and second down that way. Don't burn first and second down be like well okay one down one play we got one shot one opportunity let's go ahead and do it let's get this done right here right now i think that's making things a little bit harder for yourself so i agree with that opera doc thank you for the super chat says it is time to move on from kellen moore immediately he cannot consistently call smart games he has a few good drives but messes up too often i'm not trying to be um like kellen's defender but i mean like the, the first half was awesome. You know, we, we can't do this. We can't sit here. It's not fair to anybody. Obviously, in this particular moment, um, it's Kellen. We can't sit here and be like, I like all of the good things that Kellen does, and I hate all of the bad things that Kellen does. We can't do that because there are good things. I know that right now it doesn't feel that way. I know that right now that it feels like all Kellen does is bad, but this offense, this team was on fire in the first half. I mean, we were sitting here, again, we were – planning our Christmas Eve, right? We, we were ready to rock. And so we cannot, I, I think that's unfair. I think that's unreasonable. I think that's not realistic. You cannot sit here and, and, and point fingers when you want to. You have to be this way all the time. Um, and so it's, it's tough. Let's see. Johnny Boy says the fact that they had an established and effective run game, they should have used it to their advantage. I agree. Again, I'm not saying that Kellen was was perfect and wonderful and, you know, called a, a great game all the way through, but we can't ignore the good things um, that happened. Uh, Shane Davis says the offense scored 34 points. Kellen was fine. Now, my coffee's cold, so that sip was really gross. I don't think we should sit here and look at just the point total and say, um, well, they scored 34 points. Everything's good. I just think that there is good there. There's just, you know, it wasn't good enough. That's okay, right? You're, you're not going to win every game. And I, again, that's what makes this situation complicated and sticky and gross and funky um, is it's frustrating. It, it, it's frustrating. Let's see here. Logical fan says, I've been saying that Kellen needs to go and has too many bad moments that outweigh the good. He has, generally speaking, overseen very productive offenses. We cannot forget that. We cannot forget that. We, that, that is important. To note, uh, Loco thinks uh, says RJ, you can you can be it means consistency. Kellen Moore has to have consistent play calling. He is consistent. I mean, he is consistently one of the higher scoring offenses in the NFL. That is true. Again, it's also true. Multiple things can be true. That's uh, people lose sight of that. Multiple things can be true. It can be true that Kellen Moore has many, many, many great moments, and it can also be true that Kellen Moore has moments that upset us. Um, so Jay says, why did Kellen Moore call the same play twice in overtime? I really don't know. You know, you'd have to ask Kellen. I mean, that's not me. Uh, Matt, thank you for the super chats. I just want to give a shout out to RJ for the work he does and for chatting with all of us, no matter what, win or lose. Matt, I love you. Um, look, these days are frustrating. I mean, they really are. Uh, but what, what makes them palatable is that we can get through them together. What makes them suck a little bit less is that we have this community what makes them just sting just a, what, what helps us against like i mentioned earlier the, the family or the friends or the roommates or the neighbors that you have that are going to talk trash and going to rub this in your face and are going to annoy you all week long is that you have this group that has your back we are here for one another with the same goal we want the same thing uh sometimes we disagree on on what ultimately will yield that but we want the same thing we have one cause uh and that is to get kelvin joseph off of the dallas cowboys roster seriously what on earth what a Awful, awful, 
awful game. Uh, Johnny Boy RN says, it is also true that this team fails to finish games. I agree with that. You know, a question we asked last week, um, and I'm, I'm going to ask it now. Um, actually, I'll ask, I'll ask Nathan's question first. RJ, be honest. Is our defense top five still? Everybody, please answer Nathan's question, yes or no. Is the Dallas Cowboys defense a top five unit in the NFL? The answer is yes. It is still a top five. See, like we can't overreact. We can't act like they're, you know, terrible, the worst defense in the NFL. They were at a time the best defense in the NFL this season. I think some of us were like San Francisco. The Cowboys defense is better than San Francisco. It's not right. San Francisco has overtaken them. Nick, I had a really bad bet that I had to pay off last week, which led to an awful tweet that wasn't true as far as what I believe. Uh, that was a long week for me on the Internet. Uh, but Nick Bosa has surpassed Micah Parsons in the defensive player of the year race. Micah Parsons had a chance when the Cowboys hosted the Colts to set the defensive player of the year on his mantle. And he wasn't able to get any sacks, wasn't able to get any last week against Houston. He did get one against Trevor Lawrence. Micah has 13 sacks on the season. He has tied his career high with three games remaining on the season. That being said, they are not a top five defense. I'm sorry, they are a top five defense, but they are not one of the very, very, very best. Uh, see, Raul says no 15 at best. I think we're re- like, that's an overreaction to be. Again, it was really bad today, but they are still on average. A- this is the same defense that a week ago had to have a stop at the goal line and got it. I mean, this is the same defense that for the most part was, was on fire in the first half of this game. We cannot just look at the second half and say, oh man, they're so bad. They're so terrible. In fact, the Cowboys lost this game because of nothing. I mean, I wouldn't say nothing, but in overtime, because of nothing again, specifically in overtime that the Cowboys defense did the Cowboys defense defense did their job in in overtime the Cowboys defense pitched a three and out the offense went out and threw a pick six I mean the defense didn't lose the game in overtime specifically um that's um that's at least how I feel about that logical fan at least says top 10 Aaron says yes just in a slump uh I agree with Bree Bree Nix is not with the injuries today that's very fair and it's not just today it you know we're starting to see the the impact of losing not just Leighton Vander Esch but losing Anthony Brown. I know everybody hated on him. Losing Jordan Lewis, although Deron Bland has really shown up and been amazing. Losing Jonathan Hankins. It's it's hey what a what a shocker here. You lose players who are very good and it's going to be uh, very 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 difficult to pull things off in the overall. Mikey Montano, thank you once again for the super chat. Uh, Mikey is a, a great friend of mine. Uh, Mikey recommended a mac and cheese place to me that I'm very excited to try. Mikey says more is that toxic X that reminds you of the good times and keeps you around. At some point you need to separate and break up if you want to move on. Um, so Kellen Moore is the, uh, was it an Amazon original? Um, the, uh, Adam driver movie with Scarlett Johansson. What was that movie called? Like uh, marriage. I forgot what that movie was called, but that's basically the, the, you know, our relationship with Kellen Moore. It is toxic. He's been around a long time. I do think he is a very good coordinator. I do think he would get a job if he went somewhere else. I do think that we are maybe going a step too far in, in terms of assigning his value or, or diminishing his value because of what we've seen here over the last two quarters. Uh, but you know, Kellen Moore, for the most part, he does remind us of the good times because the good times are there. The good times happen. Um, and so, I mean, it's it's worth mentioning. Opera Doc says, can I bill insurance for this as group therapy? Uh, that is up to the chat, Opera Doc. So if anybody wants to um, handle that for the Opera Doc, that would be uh, wonderful. Let's see here. Uh, Loco says, Star Wars, the, the Rise of Skywalker. That was not the Adam Driver movie that I was talking about. Roger Umana, we've had um, several Eagles fans show up here in the chat, and I want to recognize them. Look, this next part's going to be annoying for Cowboys fans, all right? 
I have a relationship with Eagles fans because of one show that I do, the NFC East Mixtape. By the way, if you are a fan of the NFC East Mixtape, uh, we are because it is Cowboys-Eagles. We're going to do something special. We're still working out the particulars, and I haven't spoken to Brandon yet today. Uh, but if you don't know what it is, the Mixtape is a show that Brandon Gowden, who is the me for our Eagles side here at SB Nation, we do it every week. We talk about the state of the division, and it is a lot of fun because you get to hear things from the other side, and, and it just makes the, the rivalry a lot of fun. And obviously this season it's been a, a lot of fun in a lot of different ways. But that being said, because of the Mixtape, I have a relationship with the Eagles fans. And so what we have to say... I'm going to say it here. I'm going to say it here for the Eagles fans who came to gloat, who, who are in, as I look at my other monitor here, I have, my mentions are a disaster right now. All right. The Eagles are a better team right now. The Eagles are a better team. There's no, like, I, I don't want to say that. I, I don't want to say that. It hurts. It burns. Now, let me be very clear. All right. My Houston Astros and Michael Brantley's coming back. That was the good news that we got today. My Houston Astros beat the Philadelphia Phillies in the World Series. And I have to say that to cope today that is a coping mechanism that i am using um however right now the dallas cowboys are not as good as the philadelphia eagles that this is a, a week-to-week league things can change i still believe in this team i think we all should still believe in this team however today was really frustrating and it's not just today it's never just the one day it's never just the one game the one drive the one half and i know you're all going to say yeah that's why i'm mad and pissed off at kellen moore but the cowboys have have kind of you know They've taken on some water as of late, and it's fair to doubt them. It's fair to wonder. And right now, today, you cannot say that the Dallas Cowboys are on the Philadelphia Eagles level. You cannot. And it's going to be very difficult to draw a legitimate comparison between the two teams on Saturday afternoon when they play at at and Stadium because what is at stake isn't necessarily the same anymore. And so these two teams seem destined, and I think that every Eagles fan, too, would agree to meet at some point in the playoffs. I know we're all going to sit here and we're all going to say something silly like, oh, the Cowboys are going to lose to the NFC South winner in the wild card round. The Cowboys are very much going to probably win in the wild card round, whoever they draw. They will probably face the Philadelphia Eagles in the divisional round in Philadelphia, and that will be exhilarating and terrifying and fun and terrible and all these things in between. Um, that being said, uh, looking forward to the mixtape this week. And like I said, our plan that we have talked about is a normal episode on Wednesday. The game is on Saturday. So I think, I think I'm not trying to speak for Brandon that we will do a live show um, as Thursday night football starts talking specifically about the Cowboys Eagles game. So if you're a mixtape fan, please subscribe to your preferred podcast, um, you know, network, uh, leave a rating, write a review to the cross review. Uh, those things help us out. So let's see here. Um, I'm not seeing any post game quotes. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Um, nothing, 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 nothing. Um, also checking in the Chargers and Titans are tied. That doesn't help us out at all. Uh, let's see here. Cole says, I'd rather lose on Christmas Eve if that means we beat them in the playoffs. It doesn't mean anything, honestly. But I do think there's something to um, at least talking about, right? If you're the Cowboys right now, all of us here, we're the Cowboys, right? You know, we're, we're planning things and we're pissed off today. Today sucks. But we're the Cowboys. Do you show all your cards on Sunday against the Eagles? Because you might see this team, right? You you might see this team again in the playoffs, and, and it would be on the road. It'd be a challenge. You would probably be an underdog in that game. I mean, it would be a very, very long day, um, you know, if you had to play the Eagles in the playoffs. And if you show all your cards or show something special this Saturday in what is effectively a meaningless game, I mean, that could come back to burn you. Uh, John, thank you so much for the super chat says mixologist and birds fan. That is what we call the mixtape listeners for those who haven't jumped on the mixtape bandwagon. So thank you very much, John, once again, for the super chat. How do you blame the front office moves you talked about during the offseason? Amari Cooper tackles 
player roster, et cetera, seemed to get by with it early to midseason. But what are your thoughts now? So what John is talking about, if you have followed me or listened to me since the offseason, first of all, love you. That means a lot to me. Um, if you haven't, um, I was very critical of the Cowboys. And that's why I feel very strange to have kind of turned this, this, you know, I feel like I've turned a leaf, you know, Jekyll and Hyde. It is, as Je- I've never seen Jekyll and Hyde or read Jekyll and Hyde. Is it a Christmas thing? I feel like Jekyll and Hyde is a Christmas. It's related to Christmas. I really don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the decision to cut Lyle Collins, I think, has aged very well for the Cowboys. Now, they did um, get very lucky um, that Tyler Smith was able to handle things at left tackle. They got very lucky that they were able to, to bring Jason Peters in and that he was cool with the role that they gave him. Um, they got very lucky that they got to this point, obviously. Today is December 18th, and they are now 10-4. and 4. Um, and that Tyron Smith is back and is also cool and functional at the right tackle position. Um, and I think that's something that's going to be lost today. And, and I get it because of the loss. But but Tyron at right tackle was was very successful. And that was really cool to see. That is exciting with regards to the playoffs. Oh, Cowboys going to blow in the playoffs. I know. But so the decision, they, they made their bet at, at, along the offensive line. That worked out for them. It does suck that they lost Terrence Steele. Obviously, you can't forecast injuries. The decision to trade Amari has hurt them. There's no, there's, you can't, you can't say, I know people are annoyed with it. I know people are tired of hearing that, but that decision has haunted them. They they have been ridiculously connected to this Odo Beckham thing for over a month now. They, they obviously signed T.Y. Hilton. He was inactive today and that's fine. I mean, you know, it takes some time to kind of get ready and get into NFL shape and whatnot, but the decision to trade away Amari Cooper has hurt them. We talked about a little while ago, right? Oh, you know what? On If you want to go for it on third down and, and, and not force them to burn that time out, go for it. You know what would have been awesome to have on that third down? Amari Cooper. Again, I love Noah Brown, but you know who I'd rather throw to in that moment? Amari Cooper, not Noah Brown. That decision has haunted them, and they're still chasing a solution to it. So I do think they still deserve a lot of criticism for that. Um, overall, I mean, everything else, it sounds strange to say, they've gotten really lucky. I mean, Brett Maher is one of the best, the best players on this team. That was not forecasted. They approached this season in a very, very weird way, and they have forced me and a lot of people to eat a lot of crow in the process. But the one thing that they are still kind of, you know, um, reaping what they sowed um, has to do with Amari Cooper. But thank you for the question and the super chat, uh, super chat. John Keith says, thank you for the super chat, Keith. If we allow 200 rush yards to Jacksonville, what would happen if we played the Niners? Sheesh, it would not go well. Um, it, it would <laughs> it would not go well. Caleb Swanson says that Cooper trade is going to haunt me for years. I hate it here. Um, it's tough. I mean, and oh, Kevin, by the way, says, don't forget James Washington is a bust. The Amari Cooper thing, that's really, again, the Cowboys called their shot with Lyle Collins, and they hit. Good for them. They were right. I was wrong. The Cowboys, I wouldn't say called their shot with Brett Maher because they banked on Jonathan Garibay or Lareem Hirulahu, and those things dissipated, and they got very lucky to find Brett Maher. But they called their shot on Leighton Vanderish staying healthy, which I know is an ironic thing to say today of all days. I have not seen an update on him as of yet. Obviously, we'll keep you updated all week long at blogandtheboys.com. But the decision to trade away Amari, they compounded that decision by signing James Washington and drafting Jalen Tolbert. And a lot of people took the cheese. Oh, man, Jalen Tolbert's going to be awesome. Jalen Tolbert's going to be amazing. Jalen Tolbert, 11 personnel, baby. CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. Once he's healthy, remember, they they also got lucky that Michael Gallup was able to come back from his ACL, although to Kevin's point right now in the chat says he hasn't been the same, right? They did bank on that. But Jalen Tolbert's going to come in. He's going to save the day. He's going to help stabilize the offense. Another healthy scratch. I mean, that is that is a miss. And here's the thing. They have, you know, 
we, we talk so much and we will have this conversation again when we get to the draft. But people talk about how the Cowboys draft so well. They hit it out of the park with Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith is incredible. They deserve all the credit in the world for that. Sam Williams, incredible. Jalen Tolbert, huge miss. And we're sitting here still talking about Kelvin Joseph and how bad he is. They, that is such a huge miss. You know who would be awesome? You know who I would take without without a, a, a ounce of denial? If you told me right now that I could train Kelvin Joseph for Asante Samuel Jr., I would do it. <laughs> I would do that right now in a heartbeat. I mean, you know, that that's one that we got, that the internet got right. Kelvin Joseph was such a miss. And Deshaun Wright came in and played all right near the end of this game. But there's, uh, you know, two day two picks from a year ago are hurting this team right now. That is not a viable formula. They have won 10 games. They deserve a lot of credit for that. We have that uh, person I put in timeout. They have put been put back in timeout. That's your second strike. You get another, you're out. Actually, I don't know if the system will let me put you in timeout. Uh, it won't. So you're out. You've been blocked. Um, anyway, I mean, just a huge, huge, huge miss. And you and we sit here and people. This is a lesson for all of us. All right, everybody got so mad at the Tristan Hill pick or the Taco Charlton pick. Stop letting Rod Marinelli make decisions in the draft room. Trust your scouts. Trust your scouts. Well, hey, Dan Quinn says Nashawn Wright is awesome, so I trust it completely. No, trust your scouts. Quit letting your coaching staff interact with you all the way through. By the way, let's see here. Will Robinson, I like this comment. Says, I still believe that we will win the Super Bowl. All right, I'm gonna say something. All right. This is not going to be popular, and a lot of people don't like to hear this. All right. It's time to criticize Dan Quinn. All right. All season long, I have heard from people Mike McCarthy doesn't deserve any credit. Mike McCarthy deserves zero. Tom, that is your one warning, Tom, in the chat. We don't need profanity around here. You go. All right. That's it. You're out of here, Tom. Get out of here. Goodbye. It's a family show. All right. All season long, I have heard from people, Dan Quinn is the reason. Dan Quinn is the one who deserves credit. Dan Quinn, I would even give Kellen Moore credit over Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy deserves criticism for this game. You blow a 27 to 10 lead, I got enough pie, Stephen Jones style, to hand out to everybody. But you cannot tell me that Dan Quinn is perfect. You cannot tell me that Dan Quinn is infallible. You cannot tell me that Dan Quinn is the reason. When we're sitting here, we're wondering what happened to Micah Parsons. We're wondering what happened to the pass rush in general. We're wondering how they can't survive without Anthony Brown. These are all questions about the defensive side of the ball that Dan Quinn has yet to answer. Nardo says, why is Dan Quinn playing man when the corners stink? Again, these are all fair questions to ask about Dan Quinn but then there are set there are some people that get associated with the Cowboys that for whatever reason escape any criticism Dan Quinn is in that club right Dan Quinn is is one of those people now who just Chris Richard was in that club there are people who who just will never ever ever get any criticism why is we're sitting we're sitting here talking about Kellen Moore rightfully so the offensive coordinator of this team and how he fell apart and I haven't seen one of you until I brought it up right now bring up Dan Quinn's name what's going on I mean like how come Dan Quinn gets nothing here because he's cool because we like him because we we want to confirm our priors that he's actually running this team and that that Mike McCarthy is just some sort of figurehead no how can Dan Quinn Dan Quinn think about it if you're if we're sitting here banging or bagging on Kellen Moore if Kellen was in this chat he'd be saying guys I spotted Dan Quinn 17 points and he blew it I mean we have to give that credit or that criticism rather to Dan Quinn, he blew a 17-point lead against a, a team that, granted, has some energy and, and looks like they could contend for a playoff spot, and that Ryan Tannehill um, injury is obviously a big factor in the AFC South race. But look, 
Will Robinson says Dan Quinn got us here. Sure he did. Dan, give Dan Quinn, Quinn all his flowers. But today, it's time to criticize Dan Quinn. Jody says our coordinators need to live up to their potential. Again, they get all the credit, these coordinators. They get none of the blame. All this blame we're going to put on Mike McCarthy. We're going to put on Dak Prescott. That's it. Their shoulders are the most broad when it comes to responsibility for the failures and the ineptitudes of this franchise. However, Dan Quinn was spotted a 17-point lead and couldn't get it done. And we sit here and we talk about we laud him for all of the superstars that he has on the defensive side of the ball, and he couldn't get it done. Johnny Boyce, I'm sorry, I got the comment back up here, says DQ and this defense has changed this team's identity. That's true, but coaching can only make up for the lack of talent so far. The secondary has become too much of a liability, therefore no pass rush. I mean, it's it's more than fair to put some criticism on Dan Quinn's shoulders. Hourglass 420 says DQ called a bad game. Uh, Poppy Officer says can't wait for the mixtape. Um, definitely um, definitely going to be a rough situation. Steven says Quinn is dealing with a lot of injuries. He has to figure a way around that. I agree. You know what? The offensive, offensive side of the ball, they got it done without Dak Prescott. They got it done without Michael Gallup. They got, they're still getting it done with Michael Gallup. Obviously not at full capacity as we're talking about all the time. I mean, it just... For whatever reason, now now injuries are a thing, and I'm not coming at you, Stephen. But now, oh no, what's how what's Dan Quinn supposed to do? I mean, Anthony Brown is out. How are we? How is it fair to expect Dan Quinn to be successful when he doesn't have Anthony Brown? I mean, you know, it's it's ridiculous. Um, Malik says y'all defense is falling off, fellas, not getting the same pressure as before. I agree. Now, Will Robinson says Dak threw the pick six, not Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, that's true. But Dak Prescott was also part of the contingent that put up a 17 point lead. The Dan Quinn squandered. We could move this back and forth all the way. Justified says at least Messi won. As a Manchester United fan, it has been a rough month. Uh, been a rough year with Cristiano Ronaldo. I am very happy for Lionel Messi getting the dub in the World Cup. Migs, uh, Migzv1203 says this team seems to have no mojo in key moments. Um, I don't know if that was a pun. Obviously, mojo moments. Um, Ethan says wouldn't it energize the defense more if Dan Quinn actually coached from the sidelines like a normal coach? Uh, I don't make, you know, too much about that. Uh, we have some people here, some some people who are being really rude. Guys, look, we, we can all be uh, upset and sad without, you know, being rude uh, against one another. Um, man, um, let's see here. Nardo, by the way, says, do we really have superstars on the defensive side of the ball? I count two in a possible. We're not playing spades. That's fair to put. Uh, are fair to say, but I mean, they have talent. We're, we sit here and we laud. We I've said the word laud several times. We laud Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, Trayvon Diggs, Sam Williams. Now, Dorrance Armstrong got hurt, obviously. I mean, even Leighton Vanders has been playing very well. Damone Clark, Deron Bland, like there are there are playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. You cannot blow a 17 point lead. You just cannot. Kevin says this is amazing. A B and L V E turns out are the key to what makes our defense good. Who would have thought? Like, let's see, making sure. Um, I don't miss anything. Uh, no, we're good. Uh, this was really, 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 really tough. Um, really, really, really tough. Um, it's it's a frustrating loss. And like I said, the frustrating part isn't even just the loss. It's the reality that we now have to kind of live in. The reality that we're not going to get another opportunity to kind of gauge this team very well. I mean, their final three games, the Cowboys, obviously, uh, the Eagles on Saturday, Christmas Eve, then uh, kind of a quick turnaround. Uh, it is a quick turnaround. Thursday night football against the Titans, that game's on the road, and then against Washington on the road in week 18. 
they will very likely at some point pick up help along the way to clinch them as a playoff team if they don't do it themselves. Um, they are going to be a playoff team. They are very likely going to be the top wild card team. They're very likely going to play the NFC South winner. By the way, right now, um, I hadn't even looked up at this game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are leading the Cincinnati Bengals 10 to nothing. Um, so the Bucks doing everything they can to keep pace. I do believe, uh, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, I do believe that the Panthers lost to the Steelers. Somebody please uh, fact check me there. Obviously, it's been a hectic, chaotic three hours or so. Um, but I do believe the Panthers lost and the Saints won. So the Saints have a chance, assuming that's the case, uh, to win the NFC South. Dallas will go to the Superdome. Uh, you all, thank you guys for confirming the Panthers lost to Pittsburgh. Um, so, I mean, this is Tampa's thing to lose right now. There's three minutes left in, in the first half. They're up 10-0. Um, so the, these following things are very likely. They're not certain, but they are very likely. Dallas will be a wildcard team. They will be the top wildcard team. They will visit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the wildcard round of the playoffs. I recognize that that is terrifying. I recognize that is super terrifying. I recognize that the Bucs are bad. I recognize we can talk ourselves around it a million different times. I would like the Cowboys in that game. I'd be curious what the line would be. I'd have to imagine they'd be favored, maybe like two, three-point favorites. Um, obviously, contingent upon what happens between now and then. By the way, the line for next week's Cowboys-Eagles game is not out yet, but it will be in a few hours. Um, I'm very interested to see what that line is going to be. I have to imagine it's Philly by three, Philly by four, um, something like that. But those things are very likely. And and because of that, we're now in this weird space. We're, we're, at, we're now in this weird space. We're not this. I promise you this Cowboys Eagles game on Saturday. I, I would love for it to be epic. I would love to sit here and act like it's the biggest game of the season, but it's not because of the fact that the Cowboys lost that took some air out of it. You cannot deny that that is just objective fact. Um, and so even if the Cowboys win on Saturday, which is possible, although right now I think we'd all probably pick the Eagles in, in our current moment of, of frustration. Um, even if they win, it will be hard to contextualize that because it's difficult. I mean, you know, I don't know off the top of my head when Minnesota plays next week, but if Minnesota loses, I mean, that could be over. It, it could be over for the Eagles. They could be the one seed. Um, and so we're going to kind of figure all that out as we, we move through um, the week. It is, um, it is a frustrating time for the Cowboys. Uh, certainly in uh, in a lot of senses. King Trill says, I don't want to see Brady um, in the first round. You were not alone, but that is probably going to happen. Johnny Boy says, if this team can get healthy and play to their potential, then it shouldn't be worried about who you play on the playoffs. I agree with that. Um, right now, we all are obviously doubting whether or not that can happen. One point slash JG26 underscore J-Dog says, I think we need to prepare for a loss mentality and they'll be wearing division championship hats. To J-Dog's point, uh, sorry for abbreviating you there, J-Dog, but you know, we've been through this many times. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles will very likely, and in some way, shape, or form, be wearing division championship caps at AT&T Stadium in the visiting locker room. So that will be annoying to J-Dog's point. You should prep yourself for that. Caleb says, even if we win next week, my confidence in this team won't move much. These past three weeks have shown some massive holes in this team. Kevin says, I'm fine with seeing Brady in the first round. If we can't beat Tom Brady, then we can't beat, or you might be, you might mean Tampa Bay. If we can't beat Tampa Bay, then we can't beat any other team either. That's fair. Um, you know, last week we asked the question because it was so frustrating coming, even though the Cowboys won. Um, last week we asked the question, do you think the Cowboys are closer to who they were in Minnesota or who they are or who they were rather um, against the Texans? And so I'll ask you that. We'll close on that. Do you think the Cowboys, I think I know the way this is going to go. <laughs> do you think the Cowboys are closer to the team that squeaked one out against the Houston Texans? or to the team that waxed the Minnesota Vikings. I know people feel different ways about the Vikings, so um, that's just kind of a different thing. But um, 
but man, um, it's closer. I mean, closer could be 1% closer, right? Like, you know, you know, 51, 49 type of thing. I, I think it might be 51, 49. I might lean Minnesota. There are a lot, you know, right now, um, it, it's hard to, to this, the second half of today's game doesn't undo everything that we've seen to this point, but it does invite questions. It does invite concerns. It does tug at those threads of insecurity. It does make us wonder. It makes us worry. It makes us, you know, fall into convulsions. It, it, it freaks us out. We, you know, we've come this far. You know what I mean? We, we've come this far from the playoff loss to San Francisco last year. And, and, you know, we've been through such an emotional journey this year with the Cooper Rush injury and all these things. And as I say that, I think that that is the only thing right now in this particular moment that offers any kind of, of hope or peace is that we have seen this team pull itself out of some funk, some serious funk. I mean, some some venom type funk covering their whole body type funk. Um, we've seen that. We, we know it to be true. We know that they are capable of that. Yes, they're dealing with injuries. Yes, they collapsed in the second half. Yes, they blew it. Yes, blah, 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 all these different things. But we have seen that happen as most recently as this season. Um, and so now it's time for them to prove it. And sure, it sucks that they won't have a real viable opportunity because of the, the game and the juice and the energy and everything that we talked about. But you know what? That's the hand you've been dealt. That's the, the hole that you dug. So now you got to get out of it. Now you got to figure out a way. Now you got to do something to put yourself in a position to go to Tampa Bay or Carolina, or New Orleans, Atlanta, whatever winds up happening in the NFC South, and go get that win and get past the division around because that's why we showed up. That's why we showed up this year. We believed, still kind of believe, that this team was different. I mean, they are going to be a playoff team for the first time in two straight seasons since 2006 and 2007. We don't hang banners for that like the Colts, but that is no, that is worth something. Um, Let's see. Uh, logical fan, by the way, says people are overreacting to the question. It's 50-50 and always has been. I kind of like that. Um, Johnny Boy says, and think about how those questions will feel when the Eagles lose. They will have to answer to them. The game, this game is not meaningless. I just, I mean, so much obviously depends on context, right? The, you know, would the Cowboys beat the Eagles on a last second game winning field goal? Would it be a pick six? Would it, would they beat them 50 to three? You know, what would happen? Um, I don't know, but Right now, there are no questions about the Eagles. Right now, the questions are about the Cowboys and the Cowboys alone. And right now, of the top NFC contenders, the Eagles won and, and look cemented as the one seed. The Vikings won, granted in ridiculous fashion. The 49ers won and look very, 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 very strong. I mean, right now, the Cowboys today look like the third best team in the NFC at best. I think a lot of people would still put them ahead of Minnesota. Um, I think it would be silly not to, but... I mean, there was a point as recent as just a couple of weeks ago where the Cowboys looked like the best team in the NFC. They have regressed from that point. That's not to say they can't unregress or, I guess, gress. Um, that's not to say they can't do that. But right now, these questions, these comments, these criticisms are deserved. They invited them. They did that by collapsing and blowing a 17-point lead. It is on them. They made this bed. Now they have to lie in it. All right. Uh, going to be a bit of a hectic week because it is Cowboys Eagles. Uh, the Bucks now up 16 to nothing against the Bengals extra point pending. So, yeah, I mean, that's looking uh, more likely than anything else. Um, all right. Uh, let's do this thing. Let's have a great week. Let's sleep on this. We'll feel better tomorrow. It's not going to be victory polo Monday. Uh, like I said, stay tuned uh, to blogontheboys.com. You can follow me on Twitter. My name is RJ Ochoa. Uh, I am at RJ Ochoa on Twitter, at RJ Ochoa on Instagram as well. I am RJ.Ochoa on TikTok. You can email me if you'd like, RJ.Ochoa at SBNation.com. You can leave a comment down below. Uh, Mixologist, like I said, we are planning on having a live show 
the previous discussion was for it to be as Thursday night football started. So just kind of the general plan right now. Um, if I don't see or talk to any of you all, I hope and we at Blog and the Boys hope that you have the merriest of Christmas, the happiest of holidays. However you spend it, I hope it's wonderful and, and you get what you want or need, uh, whatever that is. Um, the, the fact that we are able to do this, we're able to have Blog and the Boys and, and kind of participate with everybody um, is a blessing that is not lost on us. We're, we're all very grateful for our opportunity to have a hand in this, to share the Cowboys with one another, with you all. Um, it, it hurts a lot more on days like today, and it's frustrating, and we have to uh, embarrass um, or we have to deal with the embarrassment and things like that. But uh, at the end of the day, it's better to be in it um, as a group as opposed to by our lonesome. So, if I don't talk to you, have a Merry Christmas. Home Alone's the best Christmas movie, and um, I can't believe they lost. We'll see you next time. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.